0: This is Jerry Davis. I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Cold Theatre Company, and and I want to welcome you to Into the Fire, the Burning Cold Theatre Company podcast series on all things theatrical. And today we have uh, someone who fits neatly into that area. Her name is Karen Wells, and Karen runs Arts North Carolina here in Raleigh and works uh, tirelessly for the state of North Carolina and its nonprofit arts sector. Karen, welcome. Thank you. We appreciate your being here Uh, can you tell us a little bit, I think a lot of people in the arts community know who you are and have interacted with you one way or another, but not many of them know where you're from and what <laughs> your background is. So I'm curious to know, uh, how did you get started in the arts?
1: That is a very good question. Um, personally, my first experience that I remember uh, of note was literally a, a trip from a very rural town in Mississippi, mm-hmm. Hazelhurst, Mississippi, where I was raised. Right to uh, Jackson to see the symphony, just yes. like students here in North Carolina are mm-hmm. often introduced to our North Carolina symphony. And and I was more impressed with the building than I was with the symphony. Mm-hmm. And that might have been an early clue. Yeah, <laughs> that sure. I was very sure. attracted to stages Infrastructure, and Infrastructure, yeah. And then <clears throat> I kept trying uh, as much, you know, drama clips in middle school and such, and then in high school, You know, there was the speech and debate and forensic movement that I was a part of. But the thing that I must remember is I wanted to be a singer. I was not a singer, but I kept trying to be a singer. And finally, the choral director let me be in the chorus of the big musical and gave me one little speaking role in The Music Man. Mm -hmm. And it was, here it comes. And that was my, I was from there on completely addicted by theater and performance and such. Here it comes.
0: The Wells Fargo wagon. <laughs> Yes, here it
1: comes. Yeah, very good, very good, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so I was raised in Mississippi and um, spent a little time in Dallas and uh, then did my undergraduate work at University of Mississippi and then back for my MFA in directing uh-huh. from the University of Mississippi. And I kicked around for a while in academic community and a little professional theater administrative work. And then in 1985, uh, decided to make my journey to North Carolina. And it's kind of an important piece of my history and of my advocacy because I was compelled to be here. And I can't tell you why. I had been camping in the West and I loved the whole sense of the natural resources and such, but the reputation that North Carolina had at the time as a creative place. Mm -hmm. Just literally, I got in my car on Memorial Day and came to North Carolina to look for a job.
0: Mm -hmm. This was just out of college? No,
1: no, I wish. It was 1985 and I had been, like I said, I had taught uh, theater, in community college and university. Mm -hmm. And I had done some community theater administration work. And so I'd kicked around. I was actually 35 when I did this in 1985. (laughs) And so uh, I literally, I did. I borrowed enough money from my brother to last for one month. And I hit the open road. And um, my favorite part of the story is that I was on I-85 coming north, and I meant to go to Asheville because I was familiar with the mountain area, having camped there and I missed the turn. And I found myself headed off towards Raleigh, Mm -hmm. and I thought, well, I've never visited Raleigh. I might as well. And that night, I checked into a little motel next to the legislature called The Journey's End. Mm -hmm. And from there, I was employed in Wilson, and then employed by the North Carolina Arts Council, and then left there to do consulting. And my first gig was with Arts North Carolina, and that was 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. And It stuck.
0: When you uh, when you were hired in Wilson, was that
1: uh,
0: um, your first experience um, fundraising? Because you 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 were involved in a pretty big project there, if I remember. Yes, it was.
1: It was my first experience (laughs) in fundraising. It was my first experience in working in a political environment to raise money. Uh, the situation was it was the old BB&T original headquarters, and there was a segment of the community that wanted to see it turned into an art center. Right. There was another segment that wanted to see it built out north, and it divided along, as you would expect, those racial divides and it's what they. To see
0: the art center built and further north, uh, mm-hmm.
1: um, Out of the domain of the center city which was really struggling at the time Mm -hmm. and so we we really realized that without public investment we weren't going to be able to raise private funds so we began a campaign uh, our first to get the city and the county invested and then once we had that in place we were able to find the final third from the private sector
0: and were you being guided at that point or were you sort of Making it up as you went (laughs) along? We were
1: making it up as we went. Although I will say, and I do need to give credit, our architect was Steve Schuster, and he had already done art space here in Raleigh. Mm -hmm. And certainly he had begun to do part of the Murphy School in the housing, but he really had a sense of what to say and what to do, and he was very present with the political piece of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I do credit him to teaching us about about that partnership.
0: And uh, so the result was the Arts uh, Center in uh, Wilson? Yes.
1: Uh, 25,000 square feet, multidisciplinary facility, strong gallery program. And then some years later, came back in the city asked the Arts Council there to raise the money to renovate the Wilson Theater. Right. Which we did.
0: And that's downtown as yes. well. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what has that done for Wilson, do you think, over the years?
1: Well. You know, it's a little bit like I think about Moore Square, how long it took for that to catch on and how there was early city investment. Um, And we talked about, oh, the private investment will follow. Well, it does, but it's often decades later. So you have to hang on for a certain length of time. Mm -hmm. So I find that that is true, and there were dedicated people who kept the art center thriving. But the thing that changed everything was a project called the Whirly Gig, Park. And many of you will, rem- will that are Raleigh-based will know that the Museum of Art actually has one of these sculptures in the front. It's, you know, all the pieces move. Right. It's made out of tin and sheet metal. Mm-hmm. And Vala Simpson was an outsider artist living in a little town, a little place called Lukama. Uh-huh. And in the middle of his fields, he had built 28 of these humongous structures all parts of them move. There, It was a fantasy if you'd go out there at night and the wind was blowing uh-huh. and you shined your lights just right. You thought, well, we have UFOs mm-hmm. here in Wilson County. It was amazing. Yeah. But uh, people began to vandalize. fallas got older.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And because of the arts uh, focus in downtown, the city... And leaders in the city created the concept of a Gig park. The city actually bought 28 of these structures uh-huh. and began the process of taking them apart piece by piece, bolt by bolt, and replacing and restoring them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they were aided by an initial grant from the State Arts Council of $50,000. And just recently, it was quantified that the private investment both now, that is happening now, and that will happen in the future is $20 million. For
0: that uh, park. For that space, that
1: retail space and the live work space that's being developed in downtown. Mm -hmm. So it's tipped. You know, they've hit the tip of the mountain Mm -hmm. and gone to the other side, I think, for a really incredibly vibrant, arts scene in downtown Wilson, mm-hmm. which with the loss of tobacco and cotton and all kinds of manufacturing and such, right. is an example of small towns throughout the state that are literally saved mm-hmm. through arts development right. in their downtown.
0: And certainly kept uh, viable until uh, other types of business can uh, can take yes. hold as well, yeah. Now, um, so so you've gone uh, then from, uh, from uh, an actor, uh, well, from a singer to an actor. <laughs>
1: To, Let's the singer
0: <laughs> to a teacher, uh, to uh, an administrator mm-hmm. um, and uh, do you, uh, as an artist, do, do you feel a, a loss when you move from, from one area to the other? Or do you feel like you're giving up something or do you feel like that uh, moving into fundraising and, and that sort of thing is a continuation of the work that you're doing as an artist?
1: Well, I certainly approached my work at Arts North Carolina as a director would approach,
2: mm-hmm.
1: from the concept to the casting to the blocking <laughs> to the polishing,
2: right.
1: and that's really all. If you kind of go and you look at what we do, you see that. You, There's know, some you see that model
0: in there too. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah.
1: absolutely. There's yeah. interpretation and yeah. there are messages and concepts and such that want to get across. So I've had some fun with that, but I can't say that I haven't missed um, that involvement, that community, that um, that belonging to that creative, directly creative process. Right. Um, and in part, for me, it was about a family and children. It just became increasingly difficult doing the administration, two little ones, yeah. you know, the notion of the rehearsals. I know some people do it, and I'm amazed that yeah. they do, but... It's That's a it's really common story mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: to to hear, um, but uh, but what strikes me is the degree to which you've made it uh, possible for for other artists to to interact uh, with the, with their communities in that way as well. Not not just by helping uh, facilities to get built, but by kind of spreading um, the idea forcefully that the uh, public subsidy for the arts is is a critical component to to a vibrant arts community, and therefore to a vibrant community, um, <clears throat> you get pushback? I, I mean, you you're from Mississippi, which a lot of people point to as perhaps the most conservative state in the union, and in terms of how tax dollars are used, and may, maybe in other ways as well. But uh, we'll stick to that one for right now. <laughs> um, and and uh, you know, North Carolina, although it uh, has has uh, a, a good history in uh, the arts, it also has some um, People who who push against that idea, do you encounter that that resistance regularly? And and how do you how do you deal with it?
1: Well, you know, um, over the time that I've been in arts, North Carolina, it's been pretty amazing to see the shift in attitude of our elected leadership about the value of the arts, the public value. It's public support equal public value,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and. Uh, we were always <laughs> pushing that public support in the context of that value, and at some point, the message. And it takes so long, and it's all relational. Mm-hmm. It's building relationship over years with a particular individual, one to one, one to one, yeah. and then the tip happens. And I've got a great example from a theater teacher in Moore County, right. um, Judy Osborne. Yes, just I know a, she's- Yeah, she's just amazing. And when she started out doing the advocacy work for public support, she wasn't getting it for her school. She was doing it in the context of a vision for North Carolina. And she was working at the time the Democrats were in control, and her legislator was a pretty conservative Republican. Mm -hmm. They didn't really know each other, so Judy starts along that path. She starts inviting him to her events and encouraging him to come see shows. She would come see him every time at Arts Day. They might have short visits, but they had visits. And then that relationship began to deepen. He started showing up at the shows. She just never let up. Mm -hmm. He started showing up at some of the shows. And then we knew we were in when he started inviting her to his things that mattered, like Mm -hmm. he owned funeral homes in Moore County, Mm -hmm. and he'd have a new funeral home opening, and he would invite Judy to come to that opening. Mm -hmm. So you know that you're in partnership when that starts to happen. You really know when you've got each other's cell phone, and when they finally passed one of the arts education credits out of the house, this legislator walked out of the house and texted Judy. She was the first one to know, Mm -hmm. we did it.
2: Yeah, that's great. And it
1: was just this long story of about seven or eight years of her continuing. And now, you know, since the Republicans took control of the House and the Senate, and now um, we have a Democratic governor, but certainly where the budget is made is in the legislature, and the payoff for the years that we've said to people, you don't come here visiting one or the other parties, you come here to visit your legislators. Mm and you come to share the story of public value with that individual. You're about changing hearts and minds. You're about taking somebody who kind of gets it and maybe moving them along a continuum. And it's worked. And so this year we're so excited because we think we have a chance for the biggest money agenda we've ever put forward.
0: So talk about Mm -hmm. Arts Day a little bit. That's coming up uh, Mm -hmm. right around the corner. Could you tell uh, our listeners, uh, assuming there are <laughs> any, uh, t- tell them uh, 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 what Arts Day is and how they might get involved?
1: Yes. Well, it's, uh, if you go to artsnc.org, it's an easy website. Mm-hmm. You won't miss Arts Day. You can find everything you need to do there.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, we make it so easy for people to come and talk to their legislators about what matters and to tell their stories and to talk about what the funding does in their particular community and to ask. You're not going to receive if you don't ask and you need to ask in a way that's with passion with facts, with stories, with conviction and uh, over time again um, that's what matters and you know somebody who comes for this legislative day hopefully if you're in Wake County or a larger you join up with others in teams mm-hmm. and the appointments are already set for you and you have a message and it's very organized or you could be one person from Carteret County that shows up and makes that visit with their legislator it just is all over mm-hmm. um, you register and then if you went on that website you're gonna see everything you need to know you're gonna see the agenda the talking points You're gonna see which of the legislators make the the decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, So we try to make it is, (laughs) we were just talking earlier about the whole advocacy thing being um, like a play. You know, these advocates are our actors. Mm -hmm. And so the script is written and we've got that uh, context ready for you. And A little improvisation. A little improvisation is always good. Uh, a little rehearsal is always good. We <laughs> encourage people to think about their stories ahead of time and yes. to kind of know their lines. Um, and then they come and we have the most wonderful time. It's odd to think that this is a feel-good day, but when you see three, 400 of our kind, and you know us from our buttons and our yellow, yellow folders this mm. year, and we're all over the complex. People are energized, and they're all smiles, mm-hmm. and uh, the buzz just hits that legislature. The arts are here today.
0: Mm-hmm. And the legislators know that's happening, right? Yes. there. They've, they've carved out time in yes. their schedules. Well,
1: so. you, you have to be a little pushy yeah. about that.
0: Okay. So uh, what dates? Uh, you usually have done this in the, a little bit later in the year, but this mm-hmm. year we're in
1: March. March right? 28th and 29th. Right. And people can actually walk up register for the legislative day, which is $35. Right. But uh, we would appreciate knowing in advance, so we're more ready for you. Sure. Um, but, but we also have a two-day registration, and that extends the legislative piece into more of a conference day for the first day. And then this year, that evening, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the North Carolina Arts Council. Uh, So you'll go straight from an afternoon of speakers and thought into a party that's going to be— legislators will actually be there, and then into the next day when you make the visits— in the legislature the. yeah
0: yeah and you're visiting your own legislators yes. uh, in each case right. we do
1: deputize some wake county people <coughs> to make visits to some of the rural places where we don't have sure. so sure. you know that happens too yeah.
0: yeah very good um so that brings me to uh, the delicate issue of your um retirement uh, yeah your, your, <laughs> it's, it's not
1: now, so delicate it's <laughs> to be embraced
0: yeah Well, it's now public knowledge uh, (laughs) that that after many, many years uh, with Arts North Carolina uh, that you will be uh, retiring this uh, fall, I believe. Well,
1: actually the end of July. Okay, good, mm -hmm.
0: yeah. Uh, And so so my question is, uh, what's next uh, for Arts North Carolina?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Are you a part of that?
1: No, I did not want to be, I wanted to remain as much as you humanly can. Mm -hmm because I'm not the one that lives with the decision. You know, it is the board
2: mm-hmm.
1: that, that has the responsibility of carrying forward our strategic plan, our mission in a new interpretation
2: mm-hmm.
1: that a person in making that kind of a change is going to bring mm-hmm. to that job. My job is to get out of the way. And uh, there's a certain length of time where I won't show up for Arts Day the first year probably let that person have their time, their, their, put forth their vision. And then, in much the spirit of Mary Regan, who retired from the North Carolina Arts Council, then I return as Karen Wells' citizen, mm-hmm. advocate from Wake County. Right. Um, so that's, that's how we're going. We're hoping that transition happens in July, where the person still has time, while the legislature is likely to be in session, mm-hmm. so that there's a lot of overlap and training that goes on. Um, And we have an amazing search group, and I trust them completely. Uh, We've all been talking about it since the fall, Mm -hmm. and I think they're ready, and I know I am.
0: Are you doing a national search?
1: Yes, we did. We advertised through Americans for the Arts, Uh through the nonprofit center, and then there was some special initiative made to try to attract uh, applicants of diversity Mm -hmm. uh, into the pool. Uh, because certainly that's needed so much in our field right. um, and then uh, locally and whatever yeah. uh, and I don't even know how many applications they've received uh, the deadline if people are still interested is April one mm-hmm. and the job descriptions up on our website along with a lot of other job descriptions that's one of the things we do is kind of keep people in the loop about what's out there and available um,
0: if, yeah. there, if there was a, 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 a Driving version of uh, <laughs> frequent flyer miles, you would uh, you'd be able to <laughs> oh. travel around the world several times. Oh, so, North you,
1: Carolina, <clears throat> oh, yeah. what a place!
0: You, you've you've met it every inch of it, I imagine. Well,
1: otherwise. not as much as I should have down in the southeast. I'm not as familiar with Stanley County, Richmond County uh-huh. down there, and you know what I do know from all the places I've been up northeast a lot in my years and. You know, through the east, and I, I'm on the road all the time. Triad, Charlotte. You know, of course, and to the west, uh, Hickory, and uh, on over to Asheville and such. And um, gosh, if you love this place, what a job! Yeah. You know, you got to get out on the road and just drive it. And yeah. it's the it's place something. and the
0: people. Yeah. Now, um, I'm just uh, curious. What what uh, what do you think is the impediment to to serious um, Arts subsidy still there, uh, Karen. It's you know we're 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 there in a lot of ways. Uh, certainly, I, I agree with you that a lot of a lot of people in influential positions understand the value of the arts and wanted to to support it to a certain level. But uh, it still feels to me like, and I'm just speaking as a recipient of of some of the funding that you've helped to make happen. And, so thank you for that, and I don't mean to in any way sound uh, ungrateful for, for any of that, but it feels like that arts funding even today is, is um, to borrow the phrase, uh, uh, cr- crumbs from the table of joy, right? And so our artists have just enough sub, uh, sustenance to, to keep sort of struggling from day to day to day. Is there ever going to be a time when uh, the artists in our state or across our nation will be supported at a level that will will ease that uh, struggle uh, to some degree, or do you think that's something that cannot happen in in our culture?
1: Oh, no, I don't think it cannot happen. I think we're endangered at the federal level. I think that threat is very serious. Mm -hmm. And that worries me greatly, but it worries me as much that it'll trickle down to other states. Because I'm of the belief and this is my orientation from coming from very small town rural, is that when you demonstrate how a place is made different Mm -hmm. because of the arts, when it is thriving and successful and the downtown's revitalized and there's a spirit and the energy, it always is reflective of a community that is thriving. And so when more and more of this is happening, there becomes a critical mass of evidence, not just statistics or economic, but drive through Burnsville, Mm -hmm. North Carolina right now, and just see what the arts have done. A new wonderful theater facility in Vance County Mm -hmm. that that city put their shoulders behind. Mm -hmm. And, And there's that place that's struggling, and yet it is a multi-million dollar theater facilities right. so i I mm-hmm. think things take too long and I don't know what to say about the sort of general support of grants and artists and mm-hmm. arts organizations, mm-hmm. except that the that those places that understand the co-relationship well mm-hmm. between what the arts bring and I think the city of Raleigh does that very well. Um maybe wish it was more, but mm-hmm. but nonetheless, um that's an evidence of a place that really understands that its growth is not, not only happened because of, but is dependent upon
2: mm-hmm.
1: what they're able to bring forward. I, I really can't answer your question except that Larry Leon Hamlin, who was the founder of the NC Black Repertory Company used to say, live by a grant, die by a grant. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's been the attitude is that the State Arts Council maybe sees its funding as a, a relatively small percentage of an overall organization's budget. Um, but I know that in our dreams last year, of there being a big idea and of reconstituting the amusement tax to support the arts ongoing, right. we would have changed that equation. That percentage would have been higher. It's yeah. just not the time yet for that. Right. Um, but, but that's not to yeah. say it won't be. Um, I,
0: I don't uh, don't mean to uh, pit one idea versus another, but I will, having said that, do exactly that and <laughs> and say that uh, you know when when it's time for a new. Uh, football stadium or basketball arena no one really frets or even questions the need for it Um, and so there are there are aspects of our culture that that we simply accept and nobody says well you know if you if you live by a grant uh, and you and you're the coach of the college basketball team you might die by a grant too it's not even considered that that the Wolfpack would not have a, a top-of-the-line basketball arena to play And thats not even a thought in anyone's mind. So, so I, I although Mr. Hamlin's uh, idea may may be accurate right now, the question that I really have is why is it accurate for the arts, but not for any of the other things that I think even the most um, conservative-minded. Uh, Thinker would admit is less is of less value to us as a as a people than than are the arts. So why would that be?
1: Well, that's a that's another podcast question. <laughs> we might start off on that, but it's I the I underground have, version. I know I have a few thoughts on that, and that is, um, you know, the struggle that Durham went through to get B-Pack built. Right. Exemplifies that because the baseball stadium, it happened. Right. But when it came time to do this, they couldn't decide what they wanted, how they were going to operate it. They quibbled and quibbled, and finally they figured on their model, and they set it down, and it's not a non-for-profit model, it's a for-profit model, and they're rolling in the cash. You know, they just really are. Every year it's a surplus over the expenses. Mm -hmm. Um, I think on scale, the the bigger institutions like Bloomingthal Performing Mm -hmm. Arts Center in in Charlotte, Charlotte, these entities that run the big Broadway series through. And you know, I wish I understood that. I wish I understood people who can pay three, so many people that can pay $300 a ticket to go see a show here on Broadway. And they'll quibble about $25 a ticket to come see a burning coal show, or
0: raising the per capita funding for the arts from five fifty to six fifty, yes, something like that. exactly. Yeah. So um, a dollar a year more in their tax is a problem, but three hundred dollars to see a play that was produced entirely by people who live in other states, yes, uh, and whose uh, costs and uh, uh, you know income generated from that production will entirely go out of state, right, and out of the coffers of of the um, Uh, tax paying citizens uh, why would that be supported and the other thing not be well
1: then that always comes back to what's available to our children and what they're taught and it's real funny, we were just talking in the office about pieces of gold, right. which is happening tonight, and it yeah. is an amazing fundraiser. Man, yes. if your kid's in that, you're paying, uh, buying golden seats for this, and you're doing the program, and you're buying the video, and you're buying the t-shirt, mm-hmm. and it's all for a great cause. Yeah,
0: Wake County Public School.
1: Yes, it's all for a great cause, but it's all about the performance, right? Yeah. And then you have your A-plus schools who come up to those auditions for pieces of gold, like BUG or another school that's all about the process. They care about what that final product is, but really where they are is what is the learning that's going on mm-hmm. as a, across the continuum of the, of the school. Right. And it's a different level of performance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so early on, we're kind of taught Well, this is good and supported, but this process over here is not necessarily supported. Mm -hmm. And until we get folks coming out of schools who understand that it's hard to make work and that it costs a lot of money and that people need to be supported in order to do that. And no, you may not necessarily see a DPAC performance one, but you're gonna see something interesting and real and authentic. Mm -hmm. But if that's not what you're after,
2: right.
1: so where do you learn to have the habit of that? Or where do you learn for the appetite of that? Mm-hmm. And that's where we've been so passionate about an arts education credit, yeah. just one. Because now a child can go through school in North Carolina and if the system doesn't provide it, they don't have to. So a child can go through all the way through K through 12 and never encounter an arts teacher yeah. or a music teacher or a theater teacher. Right.
0: And, and, and s- often when they do, they're encountering a, a teacher who's doing that as a secondary uh, concern as opposed to somebody who's, you know, seriously committed their lives to that endeavor. Right. Yeah. Karen, it's uh, it's fascinating to talk with you. I feel like <laughs> we could do three or four of these podcasts <laughs> I know. Uh, and maybe we will ask <laughs> I you don't back. Know. I
1: don't know. But thank you. <clears throat> thank you so much. It's
0: just... my pleasure. Uh, and and thank you for all the the hard work that you've done Thanks. on behalf of of our theater yeah. and, and also of all the, the arts, really right. in the state, in the entire state, all 100 counties mm-hmm. uh, owe a, grat- a, a, grat- a debt of debt grat- of gratitude, I yeah, like you that. Go. <laughs> we'll have t-shirts made. Uh, uh, all, of, all of all 100 counties uh, uh, owe a debt of gratitude uh, and uh, and so too do the artists uh, of tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, so thank you for that.
1: Yep, and thank you for the opportunity to get a little closer to the art through Burning Call. Because we didn't mention that one of my retirement passions already is being able to volunteer for burning coal, so uh, people out there, go go offer yourself up to your to, <laughs> to your, your local theaters. Group. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, we won't say no to that, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and we appreciate it yeah. very much. Uh, Karen Wells. Okay,
1: thank, thank you. you.